breakthrough. If God didn't exhale, you would never breathe the next breath. It's time for you to open your mouth and give God some kind of praise. Don't you act like God hasn't never done nothing for you. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. He inhabits the praise. He ambushes your worship. That's the reason why you haven't seen him in your house. Your house hasn't got any praise up in it. You need to open your mouth and bless the name of Jesus. Bless his name. It's his breath that's in your lungs. You don't even own the breath in your lungs. It's the breath of God, the soy life of God that's in you. Open your mouth and bless him today because he's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your worship. Come on, come on, come on. Bless him today. Bless him today. It's your breath in my so I pour out my praise, pour out my praise. It's your breath in my love. So I pour out my praise, pour out my glory. It's your breath in my love. So I pour out my praise, I pour out my praise. It's your breath in my love. So I pour. Shout your praise. The heart will cry. These bones will sing. Great. Come on, prophesy. Come on, prophesy.
nothing missing and nothing broken. Certainly today we've come into your presence. So we thank you today that you're giving direction, you're giving purpose, you're giving answers, you're giving hope. God, you're restoring the years that the locust and the caterpillar and the canker worm have taken away and extracted from people's lives. But today, in a moment's time in your presence, God, restitution comes, restitution comes, and we give you praise and we give you thanks, God, today. presence will do more for you a millisecond in his presence will do more for you than man will do in a lifetime we just need his presence five and tell him he's here he's here he's in the house hallelujah you can receive what you need today breakthrough is here hope is here salvation is here in his presence there is fullness of joy glory to God glory to God thank you Jesus you may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord Thank you, Jesus. 
want to talk to you this morning on the subject, I am coming out. I'm coming out. Don't, I hope some folk go with me, but if they don't go, I'm coming out. Got to come out by myself. I'm coming out by myself. I, I'll go alone, whatever it takes, but, but I'm not staying where I'm at. Huh? Does anybody else feel like that today? I, I'm not going to stay where I'm at in 2015. There's a shift coming. Amen. It's working in my life and it's working for my favor. And it's going to shift everything in my favor. Amen. 2015 is going to be a tipping point when that which is work has been working against me will begin to work for me. Amen. And greater is he that is in me. Right. Than all of hell that's been coming up against me. Hallelujah. Amen. How many know there are some things that just uh, draw warfare? Amen. There's a few things that I want to look at this morning. First thing that draws warfare is when deliverers are being born. Amen. When deliverers are being born, because we look at Moses and the boys in his generation were all being killed off. And Moses escaped because of what his mother built. Right. Jesus was whenever he was being born, they started slaughtering again. Uh, his generation, the male children, but he escaped because it was in the plan of Father God. I, I say the amount of babies that are being murdered in our nation in the wombs of their mothers every single day that we ought to understand that God is raising up delivers in this generation. We're not staying where we have been, but God is raising up some delivers in this hour. Amen. Praise God. The second thing that always is around warfare is, is media. Media draws warfare. Most people believe what they believe because of what they have heard on television. What they have heard on the news, what they get from media. So who controls the TV, the radio, the movies, the news, the networks controls the mindset of that generation. And so the gospel is always at a warfare with media. I was thinking the other day, how is it that the church is the only one that has to pay to be on TV? Everybody else gets paid to be on TV and the church has to pay. There's something wrong with that. It's a warfare going on in media. There's a warfare always around property. It's the Jezebel spirit. It's Jezebel that got stirred up because she wanted Nehoboth's vineyard. And when she couldn't have the vineyard, when she couldn't get the land, she tried to silence the prophetic voice. Amen. Today, the Jezebel spirit is called zoning laws. Amen. How many remember the time whenever they would zone out the laws were against porn houses and beer joints, huh? And places of ill repute and, and all of that mess. They would zone them out and they would say, you can't, I remember as a kid, you, can't, you couldn't have a beer joint so close to the church house, huh? You couldn't have, you couldn't have a, 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 all these kind of things so close to a school. But today it is working the other way where that they want that mess up in the city. It's all right. You can have a porn shop next to the school. You can have them right in town, but they don't want no church up in the city. They want to zone you out to where you, you can't hardly find the place, huh? Wanting to put you back on the other side of the tracks. You see, we came a long ways, baby. We used to be on the other side of the tracks and now they're wanting to put us back over there, but we ain't going nowhere. Come on, somebody. I said, we ain't going nowhere. In Jesus' name, we're going to possess the land. And then there's always a, a, tra a, a warfare over transfer of wealth. Anytime, anything of value is guarded. 
If you have, if, if, if somebody leaves an inheritance, if you want to see a, a good family be, be destroyed, just let the parents leave two quarters. And they'll get to fighting over that thing and destroy their family over a little bit of wealth. Come on. Huh? It is true. But, the, but you see, what I've come to understand is that, that the, the things of value are the only things that are guarded. You don't, you don't see a, 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 a police department protecting an outhouse. You don't see the police department protecting something of no value. But whenever there is security there, it suggests to you the more security, they call it maximum security, that the greater the value of what is in that house. Huh? And so whenever we look at that and we see that I begin to walk toward a thing and, and, and something begins to bring up more warfare, intensifies, then it tells me that I'm on the right track. And whenever I get what I'm going toward and I receive that into my life, into my inheritance, that I'm going to be able to do some serious damage to the devil's kingdom. Amen. The children of Israel went back to bed slaves and they woke up the next morning with the wealth of the nation upon their backs. I want that to sink in this morning. They didn't just have uh, go through a process of metamorphosing into having something better, but they went to bed slaves and woke up billionaires. The shift took place in the middle of the night and it wasn't even the first initial plan or promise of God. The initial promise and plan of God was this, I'm going to take you out so that I might bring you in. Amen. He said, I'm going to take you out of bondage and I'm going to bring you into a land of plenty. I'm going to bring you into the promised land. And that was not uh, uh, it was for them to understand that even though that that promise was still upon them, it wasn't until they got ready to exit that God said, by the way, I want you to take the wealth of the land with you. Amen. There's only two, two kinds of people and, and, and marvel, I marvel at. There's only two kinds of people that don't believe you're supposed to, to be blessed. And that's poor people. That I don't know why they won't believe in prosperity. Huh? Don't know why they won't believe that God wants you to be blessed. And then the other one that I marvel at is it's, it's rich people. They don't think that it's God that gave it to them. They think they made it on their own. But I want you to know today that God wants you to prosper and be blessed. I've already read that in your hearing today. But I want you to understand that when the children of Israel came out, they came out with everything that God had promised them. And God just put a little extra on them for being obedient. In Exodus chapter 8 and verse 27, he said, I will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he will command us. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Pharaoh says, you can go, but just don't go too far. How many understand that's the spirit of the age? You can go to the church, but just don't go too far. You can go, but just don't get connected. Don't get involved. Don't participate. You see, what is interesting to me is the same people that are concerned about you going too far with God are the same people that weren't concerned at all about you when you were in the world got carried away. They didn't care nothing whenever you was watching 15 hours of football. Huh? On the weekend. 
but now they're a little concerned about you because you go up in the house on Sunday morning and even on Wednesday nights. They, 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 they got concerned about you getting too carried away because you don't need to go to church that much and, and you worship too loud and they've got real concern because now you're giving 10% back to God that really already belongs to him. But those same people, they weren't concerned about you when you were clubbing five days a week. They weren't concerned about you when you were spending all of your money, getting drunk and shooting up. Huh? They weren't concerned at all. It's a Pharaoh spirit. I said it's a Pharaoh spirit that says you can go to church. You can even say you're a Christian. It's hard to find folk anymore that don't claim they're Christians. Huh? But just just go ahead and claim you're a Christian. Go ahead and go to church, but just don't get involved. Just don't go too far, amen, because if you don't go too far, just go outside the gate so that whenever I want to, I can come and get you, snatch you up and bring you back into bondage and bring you back into slavery. But you need to make a pact with yourself in 2015 that I'm leaving and I'm going far away from Pharaoh. I'm going as far away from Egypt as I can get because I know that God has a purpose for me. He has a destiny for me and I'm going to get up out of this thing. I'm not going to dabble around in it. I'm not going to play with it like Samson did, but I'm going to get out of this thing and I'm going to go 110% for God. I'm going to give Jesus everything that I have in my life and say to you be the glory for everything that is done in me. Amen. I mean, no, the devil always wants to make a deal. Exodus chapter 10, that didn't work. He, Pharaoh, Moses said, no, we, we ain't, we, we're going and we're going to go out and we're going to worship God. And then he comes back and he says this in chapter 10 and verse 8. So Moses and Aaron brought against Uh, to Pharaoh and he said to them go serve the Lord your God and then he asked a question who needs to go with you who needs to go Moses and he said we'll go with our young and our old with our sons and our daughters with our flocks and our herds will we we will go for we must hold a feast to the Lord then He said to them, the Lord had better be with you when I let you uh, go. Your little one, your little ones can go, but beware of the evil is ahead of you. Not so. So you who are men and serve the Lord for that is what you desire. Amen. And then they were driven from the presence of Pharaoh. So what Pharaoh is saying here, he is saying to them that you men can go and you can take your children with you, but leave the women behind. Leave the women behind. Your little ones can go, your men can go, leave the women. Why would Pharaoh say that? Because he understood without taking the women, they did not have the ability to reproduce. And so the victory and the freedom that they uh, uh, experienced would only last for one generation and then they would die and it would be gone. It would be over. Amen. But I like the tenacity of my friend Moses because Moses said, whenever we leave here, we're leaving with our children. We're leaving with the young. We're leaving with the old. We're leaving with everything that we came in here with why because God promised it to us and we're not leaving he said we're not leaving one old person we're not leaving one young person we're not leaving a black we're not leaving a red we're not leaving a white person but when we leave here we're leaving with everybody is 
is going with us. I want to prophesy like Moses today and say, God, by his grace, we'll not leave one old person. We'll not leave a middle-aged person. We'll not leave a young person. We'll not leave a black, red, or white. But when we take this city, when we take this region, we're taking them all. We're taking the rich. We're taking the poor. We're taking the weak. We're taking the strong. We're taking them all with us in the name of the Lord. Exodus chapter 10 and verse 24. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones go also with you. Leave your flocks and your herd. You can read it for yourself. But, but it says there that Moses said, not one hoof will be left behind. Wouldn't it have been easy for, for Moses to ride up in there and just say, we've got close in on the negotiation and, and we could leave half of the cattle and we could still have enough. We could leave a third or we maybe get down to we could leave three or four cattle behind. But I like old Moses whenever he rolls up in there and says, look here, Pharaoh, when we leave here, we're taking our cattle with us. We're taking our, our flocks with us. We're taking the herds with us. We're not leaving one hoof in this place. Why did Pharaoh come after the cattle? Why did he come after the herds and the flocks? Because it was their sacrifice. And he understood if they don't have a sacrifice, they cannot worship. And you can go where you want to go, Israel. You can do what you want to do, Israel. But you aren't going to be able to worship your God anymore. I want to tell you the devil doesn't care if you come up in this church as long as you don't worship God. You can go through life and say I'm a Christian as long as you don't worship God. But you've got to have a sacrifice of praise. Because whenever you have a sacrifice of praise, he inhabits the praise of his people. I taught you that means he's going to ambush your praise. He's going to ambush your worship. He's going to inhabit and well with you. I tell the devil, devil, you aren't going to get my praise. I may have to go through nights alone. Darkness can only endure for the night. It may be the longest day of my life and the days are dark and the nights are long, but I refuse to give up my praise. I refuse to give up my worship. Everything that I have has come out of my worship. I've got a house because I worship God. I've got a car because I worship God. My children were born because we worship God. Whenever you worship God, the devil may come against you, but if you've got a praise, if you've got a worship, if you'll open up your mouth and bless the Lord, the enemy may come in like a flood, but the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy. The enemy don't care if you get out as long as you don't have a sacrifice of praise. Huh? But I want you to slap your neighbor a high five and tell him nobody's going to get my praise. The church is full of potential. Full of potential. Potential is what you don't have, but can still have. Huh? Potential is not what you've done, but what you can yet do. Potential is not who I am, but it is who I am not, but still can become. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus and Peter are talking and Jesus says to him, who do men say I am? And he gives him this dissertation of, of what people are saying and who he is saying. And then he looks at Peter and he says, but who do you say I am? 
And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looks back to him and says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but you got this through revelation from the father. And then he, he says, he says, you didn't look at me and see that I'm the Christ, the son of the living God, because people aren't saying I'm that yet. But you got that through revelation of my potential. And then he turns around to Peter and turns it around on him. Come on. And he, Peter is a reed. The Bible said he was wishy-washy. He had a big mouth. Huh? You read your Bible, don't you? He was wishy-washy. He, was, he wasn't all of that. But Jesus looked at him. And by revelation, he spoke to his potential. And he said, Peter, upon this rock, this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What was he doing? It's all right to have potential, but you cannot unlock potential until you get revelation of who you are. And whenever you get revelation of who you are, it unlocks the potential of who you are to become. Glory to God. And so the church is full of potential we've got great potential but we've got to learn who we are we're not just gloom and despair we're not just down and out we're the righteousness of God royalty is flowing through our veins we're partakers of his divine nature we're complete in him we're the chosen ones we're the called out ones we're the predestined ones we are a part of the body of Christ Whenever I got saved, I believed that I could do anything. I believed. Now, you got to understand that's not who I was, Pastor Jamie. I was backward. I was shy. Huh, mom and dad? Am I lying? I was backward and shy. I would take an F in school before I would get up and talk in front of 30 kids. But whenever I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I got a revelation of who I was and the potential on the inside of me. I was unlocked. Glory to God. (laughs) Ain't nobody hearing me today. But whenever that potential came unlocked in my life, I began to believe that I could walk in a room and change the atmosphere. I believe I could walk into school and God, they would seek God in me and want God that is inside of me in their life. I believe that the laws would have to be changed because I showed up. I believe that the power of God was upon my life and I did not have the choice of failing. Everything I set my hands to do would prosper and be blessed and everything by his grace and his grace alone everything that I've touched over these 32 years God has blessed it he has prospered it I'm telling you today it's not because of who I am in myself but because of the potential that Christ has got in me and I got a revelation that I am the righteousness of God I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I'm telling you before you were formed in your mother's womb you need to understand there was potential put inside of you (laughs) hallelujah and whenever that potential gets connected to revelation it's going to shift in you And you're going to believe you can do what God said you can do. You can be all and do all and accomplish all that God has for your life because you aren't in this thing alone. I'm made for this. Tell your neighbor I was made for this. On the other hand, you can be saved and still sad. Amen. You can be saved and depressed. Huh? Because God has principles 
that it only works when you embrace the principles. If the principles are imposed upon you, forced upon you, they will not work. You have to embrace the principles of his word. Psalms 1 said, blessed is the man uh, who who delights in the law of the Lord. So when someone has to, to, to make you, then your mind has not been shifted to a kingdom mindset yet. Right? And as the body of Christ, we are not where we used to be. Thank God. Huh? We've made, we've come a long ways, baby. Thank God for it. Whenever I was growing up, I know, you know, people say, well, it couldn't be. But whenever I was growing up, they'd put you in the dungeon. I mean, the basement. And they'd have a sock for a puppet. And that flannel graph would have one body and three heads. And it would have Moses' head, and it'd have David's head, and, and it, would have, it, it would have Noah's head, and they'd just change the heads. And we didn't know if we was on a ship or in the desert. Huh? If you haven't looked at our children's ministry, if you haven't looked at our student ministry, you need to. Even if you don't have kids, you need to look at it because you help pay for it. Amen. We've come a long ways. Our worship has come a long ways. Come on. We've come a long ways. What I'm trying to tell you is that that we have come a long ways by the help and the grace of God. The problem is it's taken us a long time to get here. It's taken us a long time to get here. These changes have come over a lot of time. But the urgency of our day demands that we don't have another 50 years for revival to come to America. The urgency of our day requires that we don't have another 15 years for our families to get saved. Jesus' mother comes to him at a wedding with an urgent uh, uh, dilemma. And it was this. She said, "We, we don't have no wine left. Huh? We don't have any wine left. Now she knew Jesus's potential. You walking with me? But she, he looks at her and says, my hour has not come yet. She doesn't argue with him. She just turns and walks away and tells the disciples, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Amen. I want to tell you what she did. She put a demand upon the anointing. Amen. I want to tell you we need to understand like Mary because Mary is a type of the church that we must press in on God. We're not trying to get him to do something that he doesn't intend on doing. It just might not be on the calendar yet. It may not be on the schedule. It not, may not be in the planning of the church, but we are in a crisis. We are in a place of desperation. We are in a land where our morals have have died and fallen in the street. We're in a place of moral decay even up in the house of God and we need to have the mentality of the disciples and say whatever you tell us to do we'll do it but we just need a miracle in our life. We can't wait 15 years. We can't wait 20 years. We need you to show up in our life now and we put a demand upon the anointing our America can't live America can't last another 20 years going down this road that we're going we need an awakening in our land we need a revolution we need the kingdom of God to rise up and say kingdom of God come will of God be done shift this thing turn this thing do whatever you need to do we need your glory and we need it now (laughs) 
There are promises in your life that the enemy has held back for far too long. And God needs somebody full of faith, somebody that's got some uh, tenacity to stand up, put your spiritual feet down in the soil and say, I'm not moving from this place until my sons are saved. My daughters are filled with the spirit. The power of God returns to the house of God. Signs and wonders and miracles are flowing like a river in our church, in our city, in our streets, in our land. Why? Because God promised in this last day, I will pour out my spirit and I want his spirit to flow. We need his spirit to flow. We're in a crisis and we need his glory in our lives today. This world can't be won by a silly, sad, broke down, can't get no help, wore out Christians, ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we need some Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, faith filled people that'll tell the devil I'm coming after my stuff and I'm not leaving one hoof behind. I'm not leaving nothing in bondage, but whenever I come out, I'm coming out with my son. I'm coming out with my spouse. I'm coming out with my daughter. I'm coming out with my health. I'm coming out with my wealth because God said I could have it and I'm going to take it with me. There's things that must be prophesied. There's things that must be spoken so that people must hear and agree. I said people must hear it and agree to pull this thing in here. Because it ain't going to happen just us going around. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm happy. You're happy. Let's just go to church today. No, you've got to hear the word and put an amen with the word. You've got to hear the word and grab hold of the word and say yes to the word. That's the reason why you can't come up in the church and just be mute. Because your silence says, I don't believe it. I'm not just getting, trying to get you to shout. I'm not just trying to get you to holler. I'm trying to get some faith to build up inside of you where you'll believe the word of God, agree with the word of God over your life. And so if I were you, when the word comes, I would say yes to the word of God. I would give God some kind of praise. I would shout over the word that has been spoken. Why? Because when you hear prophecy, prophecy is potential. But whenever you put your faith with it you pull that potential into your life and say kingdom of God come and will of God be done within me it's going to take some faith I said it's going to take some faith if we have some faith God can do exceedingly huh abundantly Above all, exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that you can ask or even think. We've done a good job of lowering God down to our expectation. But it's time for the church to bring our expectation up to the level of God. That he can still do exceedingly, abundantly. Above all, I got to say it again, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or even think. Friend, what my, my imagination, God's still greater than my imagination. Dream your greatest dream. Have faith, the greatest faith that you have. And God can still do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that you're able to ask or even think. Now, Pastor Rich, this is the problem. We, we've lowered God down to weaken to our expectations. 
instead of extending our expectations to where God is. So now whenever we come and we say to you that cities can be won. Say that our nation can be turned back to God. People don't put any kind of faith in it because it, it, it's so foreign to the ear. Huh? Because the media has filled your heart with all the wickedness. And they've told us that the Americans, we are post, uh, a post-Christian nation. And they tell us that only 2% of this generation that are now born will ever darken the doors of the church. And they tell us all of this gloom and despair. They tell us that ISIS is coming. And I'm, I don't doubt that it is. But fear is not in my heart over ISIS. Because ISIS isn't as great as the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they don't haven't seen anything yet. They may see ISIS power. They've seen people power. They've seen solar power. They've seen all kinds of economic power. But they're about ready to run smack dab into Holy Ghost power. And whenever the Holy Ghost is released into the earth it is greater than anything the enemy has brought against us we've just got to stand up and say yes to the word of God the potential that is inside of us so whenever we say things like this people people doubt it people say oh you can't win cities Regions can't be won. You're talking about closing all the bars and the crack houses. And yes, I'm talking about the crack houses becoming Holy Ghost houses. I'm talking about the bar room. Amen. Being shut down and all they're serving now is the word of God. Huh? I'm talking about we take cities and, and we, take, we declare that the kingdom of God has come. If Mormons can have Salt Lake City, why can't we have Charleston and Huntington? Come on, somebody. Lean in with me. But this is a problem. Our mind is around all of the negative. But I read in the Bible, the Bible. You believe the Bible, don't you? Amen. What he has done, he's still doing. There was a famine inside the city. And the Bible says they were eating donkey's head and dove's dung. And it got so bad they turned into cannibals and started killing one another's babies and eating their babies. Amen. But the prophet of God stands up and speaks into that atmosphere. He doesn't align himself with the famine. He does not speak what is in the natural, but he hears something in the spirit. And right there in the middle of famine, right there in the middle of nothingness, the man of God speaks and says this time tomorrow. This time tomorrow, barley will be so plentiful. Bread will be so great that you won't even be able to sell it. He said for a shackle, just for a penny, you'll get a, a fine barley. You'll get the bread. Why? Because he said it's going to be such a abundance tomorrow at this time you'll not know but they couldn't hear that the gatekeeper started chiming in ha 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 ah, listen at him he's prophesying he's saying all of this and he the man of God looked at him and said you'll see it with your eyes but you're not going to enjoy it I don't want to dare laugh at the prophetic word of God I don't want to dare laugh at what God has in store for us it may be dark it may look bad hell may be rising immorality may be flooding our streets but I believe there's an awakening coming to our land an awakening is coming to our nation that he will pour out his spirit upon us and when he does we will receive it and the glory of God will be 
upon our life. It's not going to take 15 years. It's not going to take 10 years. But overnight, this thing can shift. This thing can turn around. You may go to bed slaves, but in the morning, you're going to wake up with the wealth and the glory and the power and the presence of God upon your life. I'm talking about a glory that will shift the economy of our nation. It will shift the political system of our nation. It will shift the way we do church. And we won't just go through the ritual and the mundane. But we'll step into David's tabernacle and say it's glory. It's glory. It's glory. And it will change my life. I don't want to just see it with my eyes. I'm going to be a part of it. I haven't preached this gospel for 32 years to miss out on this awakening. I've been laughed at. I've been mocked since I was a boy. They call me preacher boy. The born boy even kicked the side of my car in as I was leaving one day, laughing. What you going to do about it, preacher boy? But I want to tell you, I just kept on walking out God. I kept on believing God. And one day I walked through the door and there David was, tears in his face. And he said, I'm sorry for the way that I've treated you, but my mama is dying. Can your God heal my mama? I said, yes, sir, David, my God can heal your mama. We're going to pray right here. We're going to believe God. And by his grace, God touched that boy's mama. I want to tell you, I haven't been mocked. I haven't been ridiculed. I haven't been back. And I haven't been lied on for me to just go through the motion and hope someday I go. The devil is a liar. I'm going to bring heaven into the earth. God's glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. His power and his presence is for us in this hour. And I'm going to be a part of what God is doing in this last day. I'm going to be a part of the harvest. I'm going to be a part of seeing sons and daughters saved. I'm going to be a part, amen, of those people that are in bondage for years on drug addiction, pornography, and sin are going to be set free by the power of God. And I'm going to be standing right here and seeing the glory of God come upon a generation that's going to destroy the yoke and remove the burden. And it's going to shift our nation and turn the hearts of the fathers to the son and the son to the father and the glory will fill the temple and our lives will be changed forever some people say well you're just emotional well you need to get some amen so you need to get some. Because this thing's either real or we're a fool. I said his word is either true or we crazy. Huh? I believe. I said, I believe. I said, I believe the report of the Lord. I believe every bit of this word is true and it will come to pass just like he said it would. Amen. We are not going out of here a bunch of whip pups. I've heard it preached all kinds of ways. The one I dislike the most is the secret rapture mentality that we're just going to escape out of here and nobody's going to know we're going. Huh? Hey, Jesus never did anything in private. The only thing he did in private was pray. But his display was always a public display. You know, you going around raising dead people. The whole town's going to know about it. 
You go and buy and touch an old blind part that's been sitting over there begging all his life. And you heal his eyes and he don't have that government coat saying, give me help anymore. But he's out there working on you. You don't do that kind of stuff and people don't know what's going on. Come on, somebody. We don't need to hunker up in some place and just hunker down and say, oh, hold the fort though. We ain't holding nothing. We're going to possess the gates of our enemies. We're going to tear down and annihilate and destroy the works of hell and the kingdom of God will be established within us. I said the kingdom of God will be established within us and greater things shall you do because I go to my father, which is in heaven. I wish I had somebody believe with me today that greater days are ahead for the body of Christ. I know some people, I'm trying to quit. I know some people think that I'm sacrilegious when I say it, but it is biblical. The Bible in the book of Acts, I've wrote it down and I said, God, by your grace, we, my generation, will do greater works than this book. Why have I come to believe that? Because the end of a thing is always better than the beginning of a thing. The latter house is always greater than the former house. And we've somehow got it shifted around until Pentecost is the pinnacle. It's the, it's the high place. But I want to tell you that thank God for Pentecost, but it was the platform for us to stand on. It was the birth of this new church. And the birth means they're just babies. But I can't wait until we grow up. I can't wait if they were raising the dead, open blinded eyes, setting the captive free until Paul's said I don't know anywhere that I haven't preached this gospel where I haven't set people free I can't wait until the church comes into maturity in these last days we're going to take Culloden we're going to take Hurricane we're going to take Milton we're going to step into Charleston and say devil you are a liar we're going to go to Huntington and walk the streets and say this city belongs to Jesus and we're going to walk into our house and say you're not going to have our sons you're not going to have our daughters you're not going to have our finances you're not going to have our health it all belongs to God and I'm taking it in the name of Jesus can anybody believe with me for awakening this morning I said can anybody believe with me for an awakening this morning I'm talking about a Holy Ghost filled fire baptized faith filled church that will rise up in the darkness of the hour and say I believe the report of the Lord I believe the word of God that it may be dark today but in the morning I'm rising up out of these ashes and I'm going to get everything that God said is mine oh you believe it stand to your feet. Come on, quickly. Stand to your feet. Come on, Jamie. Help me out today. Does anybody believe there's an awakening coming? Does anybody believe? I said the report of the Lord. I don't want to talk you in anything. If you don't need it, you just sit there, rot and die and go on to be with Jesus. But I'm telling you, whenever I come out of here, I'm, the devil's going to know I'm gone. I said the devil's going to know we're gone. Because the real church is going to rise up out of the ashes. And we're going to see the glory of God like we've never seen it before. The kingdom of God is going to be imposed upon the earth. You say that's not so. I'm trying to stop, but you ain't getting it. I'm telling you, it's going to be imposed upon the earth. What did he say? He said, in these last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all. He didn't even label it, Pastor Rich, as the church. He said, I'm going to pour it out on all flesh.
If you're alive, the anointing's coming to you. If you're alive, the Spirit of God's coming to you. What you do with it, you're going to have to decide. But it's coming to all flesh. It's coming to the young. It's coming to the old. It's coming to all people groups. It's coming to the red, the black, and the white. It's coming to the poor and the rich. But he said, I'm going to pour out my Spirit. It's a multi-generational blessing upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and handmaidens, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. It's a multi-generational awakening for this last day harvest and I'm going to be a part of it. I said I'm going to be a part of it. Thank God for what is going on over there in Virginia. Huh? Oh, you haven't heard. They're having a revival over there. They're having a revival of holiness. What the world told us would scare people to death. Generations running in there and saying, I want to be pure. I want to be holy. I want God. I want pure God. I want it to be real in my life. And they're coming from all over the nation. Yeah. Because they're coming out of dead, dried up churches, pastors that have been turned into to just some kind of motivational speaker and no fire and no power in the house of God. But by his grace, we will not allow that to happen. God will have a voice. He will have a people. He will have a place that can be an epicenter that his glory and his power can fill this valley. I can stop. Do I got anybody believes it today? If you believe it, I want you to get out of your seat and come and stand up here around the front. And we're going to press in like Mary did on this word today. And we're going to believe God for a multi-generational move of the spirit in this last day that's going to shake this city. It's going to shake this region. It's going to transfer, form our sons and our daughters. And we're going to see the glory of the Lord. Come on, come on. People are praying, fasting and declaring, awakening. Spiritual stirring and generation.